Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Kentucky Good Vibes. I'm your host, Shayna Perkins, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing board-certified emergency physician currently practicing in North Carolina, and also among the 4% of Af African-American Black doctors in the United States. Dr. Kelly Hall, how are you today? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Thank you for interviewing with me here at Kentucky Good Vibes. So, I mean, without further ado, the first question that I have is, who is Dr. Kelly Hall? <laughs> Dr. Kelly Hall is a lot of people, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's the doctor, there's an author, there's a dancer, there's the diva. <laughs> He's all the things. And uh, so I, I refer to myself in the third person sometimes. It's a bad habit, but <laughs> no personality. Um, but she is um, all the things a wife, a doctor, um, basically, whoever you need me to be, I am that person. But I am taking a pause on medicine for revitalize and uh, let the world figure out this whole pandemic thing. Okay, cool. So can you give us a brief history of how you guys started in the medical field? Uh, I actually wanted to be a doctor since the age of two, interestingly enough. And uh, my mom tells me that because I don't remember being a two-year-old. I was going to ask, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, no, I do not. Um, okay. I don't remember like half of those years, but my mother is the one that tells me that. And um, she says, you know, I do remember probably around in middle school is where I, I remember saying that I wanted to be a doctor, but I've been working towards it pretty much my <laughs> entire life. Um, I actually took health occupations education classes in high school and was a certified nursing assistant in high school. Um, and started out my career that way, but always knowing that I was going to be a doctor, but that was my foot in the door to get into medicine. And um, yeah, I basically, college was a biology major, and I did things, I volunteered or shadowed um, a cardiothoracic surgeon, and did the appropriate things to make it into medical school, and I've been since adulthood, been a doctor or studying to be a doctor my entire life. <laughs> okay, cool. So how long has it been? I've, I've been practicing <clears throat> medicine outside of res or since residency starting in 2004, so 17 years. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. a long time. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you've seen a lot. A whole uh, lot. Yes. yes, a whole lot. The emergency department in one year, you can see a lot. <laughs> Yeah. So how's that experience like being in an emergency department and just seeing things that you probably wouldn't have even imagined, you know, people coming in there with, you know, gunshot wounds, torn yeah. limbs, all that. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, how did that even happen? Like, you know. Uh, you know, back in the day, like, I used to love that kind of stuff because mm -hmm. I was such a thrill seeker and an adrenaline junkie, junkie. And as you progress in your career, you realize that, okay, this isn't, I don't need the excitement anymore. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm starting to feel sick. <laughs> no, not even that, it's just more so that it's, it's mentally, spiritually, physically exhausting. Yeah. Um, and people can get exhausting the the sick people and the lives that we save that's not the issue it's more so the schedule bouncing back and forth and because i worked in a hospital system um that that had multiple hospitals in charlotte 
I was working in multiple emergency departments. So I would be mm-hmm. driving 50 minutes sometimes to get to one of the, the departments that I worked at. And so it was the lifestyle and not necessarily the job mm-hmm. that um, made it stressful. And I'm currently working, well, in, I was working in urgent care. Um, so I've been doing that for the past four years. So that was a little less stressful, but then the whole pandemic happened and then people became ridiculous. <laughs> and suddenly masks, masks and vaccines were political issues instead of scientific issues. And it wasn't facts anymore. It was social media and um, medicine has changed. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what quality do you think you um, is most important as a doctor? Uh, fortitude. Because it's even just medical school and residency um, are tough. And especially in medical school, because I went to his, or um, I went to predominantly black schools my entire life, including <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> I went to North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. As you said, <laughs> it's Jiho Week, y'all. Um, <laughs> she is all Aggie all day. Um, and so when I went to medical school, I went to East Carolina for medical school. That was a whole culture shock mm-hmm. because, I mean, I, of course, had white classmates in, in, in grade school. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much at A&T, but we did have some. And um, or in other races. And when it was when I got to East Carolina and I was really the minority, you know, for real, for real, Mm -hmm. then it was hard in itself because medical school is hard, number one. But then I didn't have that support system that I always had growing up and in college. It was like, fend for yourself and, you know, find your way. So there you have it. (laughs) So uh, what has been your biggest challenge, like, with the medical field and um, just your overall, you know, career? It it varies depending on where I was in life. So in the beginning, it was just um, figuring out or feeling like I wasn't good enough sometimes. Um, in high school, college, I was leading the curve and then you get to medical school and everyone is used to leading the curve. And so mm-hmm. at some point you can't lead the curve anymore. <laughs> well, there yeah. is no curve in medical school. What you <laughs> get is what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an issue then. Um, once I got, once I graduated and was actually practicing as an attending, then the first couple of years, it's, you know, I am a young black, female doctor and so patients always thought I was the candy striper or a volunteer or a nurse Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it was an issue because then I had to kind of prove that I did belong I mean I graduated so duh I made it um I passed my board exam so exactly clearly I'm qualified um but then you had that then as you know I got more comfortable in practicing and was confident in um, what I could do, then there's a pandemic. (laughs) So then it's like patients don't know what to believe and so they don't believe you. And then once politicians got involved, then they're attacking you verbally, um, you know, in some cases, not me personally, but Mm -hmm. I'm hearing all over that there's like physical assaults on people just Mm -hmm. because they're trying to save your life. So yeah. it's, it's always different. And that's what medicine, mm-hmm. medicine is. 
ever evolving. And um, so it just depends on the year and what's going on. Okay, so what are three to five um, of the most common things you see in the ER? Well, I'm in urgent care now. Oh, well, urgent care. COVID, COVID, COVID. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so is it true so, what they say whenever people come in? Because I've been to the doctor a few times and I'll be like, oh, like my foot really hurts. They're like, the doctor wants to give you a COVID test. <laughs> you may have COVID. And I'm like, what? I can't hear for my foot. Like my foot hurts. So <laughs> or I go okay. in. <laughs> um, I, I can't say that we do that in our clinic. We do ask, do you have any of these symptoms? Because the mm -hmm. COVID symptoms, because we're trying to keep the well people well. Mm -hmm. And if you have any of those symptoms, people think, oh, it's just my allergies or, oh, it's just a cold or, oh, I got strep. No, you have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so in my urgent care and in my building in particular, because I'm in a family practice-based urgent care, so um, urgent care is within the family practice clinic. Mm -hmm. The family practice doctors are typically seeing their well patients. And so I'm seeing patients outside because we're trying to keep the sick people out in, the, in their cars so that they don't contaminate other people unknowingly. Um, and so I guess I, I, I can't speak your personal experience, mm -hmm. but... Every time that, I've been went, like that, that was even the reason why is that they're trying to prevent anyone from unknowingly being sick and infecting other people. What so that could, that could be, well, <laughs> well because, because there were asymptomatic cases. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, literally people have come in for one thing and then they'll say, or the other thing is there are multiple symptoms that um, are consistent with COVID. So. Mm -hmm. Um, they range from headache, sore throat, um, loss of taste or smell, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, um, basically any of your cold symptoms, fatigue. Um, so some of the symptoms are so vague and, you know, people be like, no, I don't have any COVID symptoms. And, but then they come in and they say, oh, but yeah, but I've had this cough for a week. That's a COVID symptom. <laughs> like, why are you in the building? Get out. <laughs> like, you'd be like, oh, for real? Find out that they have COVID and so they've already been inside the building and they've encountered five different people and with the Delta variant it is so contagious it is highly contagious. Can you explain so, the difference? Um, so it, with viruses they replicate. Initially COVID was not replicating very much at all but because it is jumped from body to body um, because the whole COVID crisis was handled improperly in the beginning um, it mutated. So now the Delta variant is way worse than the initial strain of the virus was. And so it's more transmissible and it is uh, more deadly. So there's other variants that um, have come across as well, but those haven't really caused any issue. So the main one of concern right now is the Delta variant. Hence the reason we need to get vaccinated because it's not about you people. It's about stopping this virus. Okay. Okay. So how do you balance family, you know, hobbies, interests, and so forth with you being, you know, with, with you being in your career? Um, I will balance it very well now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. What happened? Like what's um, going on? <laughs> yeah, literally, um, medicine is a business now. And 
CEOs that have never practiced business people are ruining medicine. And they're basically underpaying and understaffing a lot of facilities. And I'm not the only person that has gotten out of medicine lately. There are a lot of people that are getting out of medicine. I mean, people are getting out of the workforce in general because they're tired of harsh working conditions. But um, CEOs, <laughs> CEOs sometimes make way more money than um, the people that are actually practicing medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, they are the ones dictating the staffing. And it's making it dangerous, actually, because, um, you know, people are overworked. When you're overworked, you make mistakes. And um, I felt the need to basically just take a pause because it was getting difficult to keep the normal bubbly nature of myself without getting upset with patients because they're um, impatient and, you know, saying I'm taking too long. Well, you literally see me running from inside and outside the building. I'm not just sitting on my behind doing nothing. I'm working this entire time. So you see there's four cars out here and then I'm seeing patients on the inside of the building as well. What do you think I'm doing? So um, that's a lot of the reason people are just me. <laughs> yeah. And because people have gotten <clears throat> I said, you know what? Because I'm a fighter. So mm -hmm. you, there's only so much meanness I'm going to take before I start attacking back. And I say, you know what? It's not worth it. Glory to God. I'm going to go sit down somewhere before I <laughs> leave all my Christianity. <laughs> so um, what have you gained uh, from your work experience and, you know, working with the community? Um, well, so I work with the community more so as uh, a Delta being um, in sorority. Uh, I was going to ask you that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you so, got to make the noise. You got to make the noise. We got to hear it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> there. Um, I actually, I mean, so of course, working in medicine, you're working with the community, but as far as um, actually volunteering and doing those sort of things that comes more from Delta or me just working as uh, or volunteering as a mentor because I do mentor young ladies um, that want to go into medicine pretty much anybody that wants to go into medicine but specific, specifically black women wanting to go into medicine are, are kind of my thing um, so sometimes it, I meet them through uh, Delta because I was um, on the Delta gyms committee which is um, a, it's, it's a group for high school age teenagers and women and, mm -hmm. uh, or young women. Mm -hmm. And so I've been meet some through there, but also because I was the first female drum major at A&T, the Blue and Gold March Machine, uh, people reach out to me on social media because I have like this kind of high profile at a and And so... They, they'll see me every homecoming and then find out I'm a doctor and be like, oh, I want to go into medicine. And so then that's how I've met a lot of my mentees. And so mm -hmm. some of them um, are actually, my first real mentee is actually in her first year for OBGYN residency. And, um, but I also have some that are in medical school now, I have some that are still at A&T. So um, those sort of things I love to do because I just like to feed into women in particular, Black women in particular, just because they need to see people that look like them um, you know, striving to all these different heights. 
Okay. So you're a two-time best-selling author and doctor, uh, owner of the North Carolina Dance District, Inc. And um, what else did you say? Oh, well, I'm, I'm known at A&T for being the first female drum major, so. <laughs> a little bit of everything. You're the Jackie of all trades. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, of all trades. <laughs> so which which would you say is your favorite thing to do? Dance right now. Dance. So running running the studio is my passion. Um I well and, and dance has always been a part of my life, hence the mm -hmm. reason I was drum major. Um I grew up watching the Blue and Gold Marching Machine. My dad and my uncle were both both in A&T's band. Um, most of my family went to A&T, so that's, I'm Aggie born, Aggie bred, when I die, I'll be Aggie dead. That's Was that, was that in the, um, what was that, um, uh, drumline? Was the school A&T in the drumline? It was not. It okay. was not, it was not based off of us. It was a fictional, um, okay. school, but they did put A&T and use our colors. Okay, and yeah, because I was like. Somebody that, that <laughs> uh, was from Greensboro working on the movie. So I'll say that mm, it was loosely us, but not really. <laughs> okay, so with the drumline on television, on the movie. Yeah. Is y'all's drumline better? No, I'm just <laughs> So actually, there was a, there was a, um, it wasn't just one school in in that movie the the people that were in the ant um band were actually a bunch of people from high schools and different colleges oh. so um, i'm i'm actually um in the band sorority tau beta sigma oh. i'm gonna throw up all my signs oh my <laughs> <laughs> um, but i'm actually Look, let me add that to this okay right? <laughs> keep notes um, yeah. <laughs> so some of my fraternity brothers and sorority sisters were actually in the movie, not my chapter, but um, mm -hmm. in different different schools. And so, yeah, it was a culmination of different groups of people. So it wasn't one real school, although Morris Brown's band was in there, Clark. Um, so some real bands were actually in there, mm -hmm. but the anti band was a different, a bunch of different people. So. Okay, so tell us about the H HBCU uh, experience. Is that so that's my first bestseller? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, <laughs> so it's actually uh, 43, 44 different authors that um, all went to ANT, and we spoke about how ANT made us who we are today, the leaders and the influential people that we are today. So that was my um, my first opportunity to be in, you know, a collection of stories with other people. And shout out to Dr. Ashley Little. She is another Delta. Okay. I mean, she um, came up with this concept. And so now she has this whole line of books called the HBCU Experience. So that led to my second one because... Um, being the first female drum major at ANT, she said, Big Sis, I need you to be an expert author in the HBCU alumni band experience anthology, my second bestseller. So <laughs> I was like, of course, not a problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Here I am. Um, so, so that was the, be the second bestseller, but she has, um, like there's now there's, I think the, um, there, well, there's a Southern University version of that, um, alumni band anthology but then she went on to the hbcu queens um so there's so many different stories and so many different anthologies that she has put together so follow her as well the hbcu experience dr ashley little i'm giving shout outs to everybody that has ever impacted me so <laughs> okay 
just know that I will shout out everyone. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so then I was already writing my memoir during that time frame anyway, but um, because it was all about me and because <clears throat> I am somebody who likes to um, actually try to do things in order and properly, you know, everybody can put a book out there. It, that's not a problem. But because I was writing a memoir, I actually wanted to have some literary value. So I actually took memoir writing classes and, um, you know, I took my time and then found a publishing company, um, a Christian publishing company. So United House Publishing, thank you. And um, you say you're yeah. a publisher as well? No, I, I uh, United House Publishing is okay. Who, okay. So it's my memoir. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so that just came out in June and, um, and that's called, so, I am the beat, correct? Yes. I am the beat. God sets the pace. Okay. And it, that's basically about my journey from birth to getting into medicine. So that's part one of my life. Cause now I'm flipping over from more doctor, more, mm -hmm. more studio <clears throat> owner and, and, um, dancer. So when you said that, I was like, I, the song that played in my head was, I just flipped the switch. <laughs> nice <laughs> okay so yeah oh. I, that's literally what i'm doing because um yeah i'm i'm putting away the my scientific and fact-based side to um so is it temporary we'll, we'll, we'll see what god tells me to do <laughs> um if i had it my way and if i can sustain my um bougie lifestyle <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> with my book and the dance studio yes it would be a permanent thing um however this is god's plan i'm following mm -hmm. his plan and whatever he tells me to do is what i will do but for right now he is telling me to go run this studio and enjoy life a little bit because i've been so you know i've, I've worked constantly my entire life um to get into medicine and then once I got into medicine I worked so much so that I put aside other things mm -hmm. and so now I'm getting to experience the things that I used to love and um, once I started dancing at the studio I realized how passionate I was about dance and dancers and so now I'm cultivating that side of my life and giving dancers and choreographers um, a chance to flourish and grow and shine. Ooh, cool. So you work with all age groups? We're mainly adult. Okay. Um, however, we do allow 10 and up in our beginner classes. So we're not a competition studio. Okay. We, we, we do industry <coughs> hip hop. You want to be a dancer like in the industry industry, we are here for you. However, we do have beginner classes. So we serve from beginner to professional. The founder of the studio, Anna Oboise, follow her as well. That is A-N-A-O-H-B-O-Y-Z-E-E. Okay. <laughs> You're giving she all the love. <laughs> right. Listen, everyone knows that I never forget people. So um, she actually is the founder of the studio and my current business partner. And she's a former um, NBA dancer. So we actually have a lot of former NBA dancers on my staff, people that have danced with like Lady Gaga, Pitbull, um, current members of um the all-male hip-hop squad for the hornets um i have two choreographers that dance for that team now um so and we we hire professional dancers for like award shows we just did one with um the kia stokes she's um an a, a gospel artist 
Um, so we like, I mean, if anything dance related, we got you flash mobs. Oh, my business partner is the queen of flash mobs. So I've done quite a few <laughs> flash mobs. Um, but yeah, we, we do dance classes during the week, but we also rent out the studio. We do private parties. We rent out the studio for events. So we are one-stop shop for everything. <laughs> cool. So uh, any upcoming projects or anything new that you want to share? Um, I am, well, nothing that's ready yet as far as, so I'm going to start my second memoir, which is currently in progress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of from my transition out of medicine um, into dance to your owner and how like all that came about. So you'll get to find out about my dancer side. I gave a little bit of it in the current memoir, talking about being the first female drum major at A&T, um, but only just a chapter. So, um, so that's coming, but mainly it's just focusing on um, growing the studio even more because the my, my business partner, she had shut down the studio because she had moved out to LA for a little bit and, um, because of the pandemic, I told her she could not go back because she came for the grand relaunch of our studio and was planning to go back. And then the pandemic hit heavy in LA. And I said, mm -hmm. as your sister and as your doctor friend, I forbid you to go back there. So because of that, she's still here, thank God. And um, mm -hmm. we're, we're running the studio together. But um, yeah, we're basically just trying to make it grow because we moved into a different location we have a bigger building and because of the pandemic we had to shut down um you know in the beginning of relaunching so we were shut down for like six months before we could get back to business as usual and so we're just trying to grow the brand and um you know just do big things with the studio and whatever comes with that and what's the studio called again nc dance district mm -hmm. like north carolina but we say NC. Okay. Okay, cool. So um, with that said, what's your social media handles? Or do y'all have a YouTube channel? Yep. We got YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We're all over it. My business partner does the marketing. And hold on. Google, stop. Hey, Google, stop. <laughs> My husband. He loves technology, and this whole house is like Google Central, and it gets on my nerves because I don't like talking to Google, and then she just pops up talking about random stuff. Nobody called her. Nobody called her. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but yes, we are all over. <laughs> so we're NC Dance District on each platform, um, but my business partner does our, our marketing for the most part. We do have a social media marketer as well, but... Um, her imprint is all over our marketing because that is what her degree was in marketing. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yep, we're NC Dance District on IG, um, YouTube, check out those pages, and Facebook. My, uh, I have a website, is drkellywhall.com. That is D R K E L L Y E W H A L L.com. Um, my Facebook is more for like friends and family and like people that I know of so I don't really give that one out but you can find me it's easy um <laughs> my Instagram is long because people always spell my name incorrectly so it's Kelly don't forget the e <laughs> okay k-e-l-l-y-e-d-o-n-t -E -E the number four okay you're going too fast going oh, too far k-e-l-l-y-e-d-o-n-t -E 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 the number four 
T-H-E underscore G-E-T underscore E. Kelly, don't forget the E. Wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah, well, but people always spell my name incorrectly. Yeah, so I'll spell it out for you. Why E? It's not just Y. Why E? I was like, okay, oh, right, a little bit too fast. <laughs> oh well, because see, that's me being an emergency physician. We just move fast, or at least, yeah, yeah. And see, in order to be effective, you move fast. Yeah, and see when you know the doctor would be like, "I'm writing your prescription," and then I look, I'm like, "I can't read this." And yeah. I'm like, "I don't even see how the pharmacist can read this." <laughs> yeah, that's why a lot of people try to have a lot of uh, groups try to have electronic uh, prescriptions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's way easier. Yeah, and um, going back to what we was talking about earlier with the um, when I went to the ER for my foot one day, um, my son had went. Because he had woke up and he wasn't feeling well. He had like a little slight fever. And um, so he never runs fevers. He's he's an outdoors person. So I never really see him sick like ever. And uh, we went and they swore up and down that his oxygen level was low. And they swore up and down all this stuff was going on with him. And the whole time it was a, 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 a messed up machine. So they didn't give him this medicine. They didn't give him like all kinds of stuff, IVs, everything, just to come and find. I was like, I don't think no, because my son was sitting there watching TV. He wasn't <laughs> nothing. And the other doctor came in. He, no, the nurse came in. He's like, I'm sorry. I think it's the. I said, I think it's the machine. He's like, I think so too. But that it was a travel doctor that was or a travel nurse that was doing everything. And mm-hmm. I kept telling him, he just knew everything. He just, oh, I know what I'm talking about. I don't think it's what you say. I've been doing this for such a, and it, it was what I said. And I mm-hmm. said, so y'all gave my son medicine. They made him take the COVID test and everything. Because they mm-hmm. just knew that they was going to have to keep him, that his oxygen level was below what it was supposed to be. They was like, it just keeps dropping. I'm like, my son is sitting there like, you know, uh, Wayne Brothers come on tomorrow. <laughs> and like, Ain't nothing wrong with him. He just ran a little sniping group. And, you know, by the time we left, his fever was gone. So... Yeah. <laughs> And I will say that people, uh, they don't realize the oxygen level is low because I've had people that will come in and they're like, well, I mean, I might be a little short of breath, but not really. And then their oxygen level is low. And we're like, yeah, no, you got to go to the emergency department. Bye. Like, really? Yeah, <laughs> you got to go now. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Um, but, and then like I said, people, for instance, had a patient mm-hmm. <laughs> that said, um, yeah, I think I have strep. And, uh, and um, he's like, I get it all the time. I was like, well, but you could also have COVID. So we're going to swap you for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, we'll stop swapping for strep too. But uh, it's, you know, you have, that's a symptom of COVID. Sore throat is a symptom of COVID. Mm-hmm. So then I find out um, his, his symptoms are fever and body aches. And so I was like, so wait, so your throat isn't sore? And he was like, no, but I mean, I get strep all the time. I know it's strep. And I was like, well, but actually, in order to have strep throat, you've got to have a sore throat. So, and then at that point, his COVID test popped up positive. And I was like, don't go on it. You exposed me to COVID. Oh, like, wow. So, yes. So, <laughs> this is why we are oh, jaded. Wow. Yes, because everyone, they, some people just completely ignore the fact that COVID exists. Like, you know, oh, it can't be COVID. 
even but going into the store, like still like today, um, me and my dad went to the store and um, I walked in, I put my mask on before I walked in. I'm like, daddy, where's your mask? He said, I left it in the car. No, mm -mm. Go, get it. go get it. He was like, oh, I'm fine. I already got, I don't no, care what no, you got. No, because there are breakthrough infections. You can still get. And he's in had back. heart surgery and everything. Yes. So I'm like, yes. no, you got to wear a mask. And it was packed in that store and hardly anybody had on a mask. Of course. And I'm Hence like. the reason we are in the situation that we're in now. And then there's little kids walking around with snotty noses. I'm like, those kids could be just giving it to everybody. Yep. <laughs> you so know, but they feel like because they're kids. They're it's good. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, in our dance studio, we dance with masks. So yeah. it's just, I mean, but in, well, in Mecklenburg County, um, Charlotte, um, it's, it's a mask mandate. Thankfully so, because then I have a reason to be like, yeah, put your mask on. Yeah, I was You're doing photos yesterday. Yeah, I was doing photos at this concert yesterday that I uh, had to cover, and I was taking the pictures, but I had my mask on, so the screen, I was like, dang, it's foggy. <laughs> and I, kept, I kept pulling it down. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, goodness, I hate these masks, but got a world. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much wear them all day because at in the urgent care, we have to, or in any of our facilities, we have to wear a mask. And we've had people yell at us about the mask, and it's been proven that the masks don't work. Okay, so you can have several seats. Goodbye, please. I mean, or I'll walk the room and people yeah. will have their mask off and then get mad when I'm like, yeah, so can you please put your mask back on? Mm -hmm. Like... You know, and like, you know, giving me the attitude and stuff. I'm like, I'm sorry, but this is real. I don't want to get sick because I'm doing this all day. So that's another reason I said, yeah, yeah I'm going to roll out for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. Right. I'm gonna do me. <laughs> we ain't getting no younger, baby. <laughs> At all. Okay. Literally aches and pains today from laying in the bed. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord, I need to get up. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Well, thank you for interviewing with me here at Kentucky Good Vibes. I really appreciate it. Um, may you continue to be blessed and, you know, do as you please and what God wants you to do. That's right. And, um, yeah, <laughs> and um, stay safe out here because there is a pandemic out here. There is. And you know. <laughs> I'm still going to be at homecoming with my mask on, though. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna be stepping in everything. Upcoming AT, we in there. <laughs> gonna be stepping and doing the, you know, the strolls and everything. Right. <laughs> With my mask and vaccinated. Boom. Uh -huh. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Well, thank you again, and I really enjoyed our interview, and um, hope to follow up with you soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you.